This week on Cover Marks Me, I, Kip, am joined by Steph from the Bulldogs and Dragons Milestone Academy, D&D Actual Play Podcast. We talk about Tokusatsu Ga Ga Ga, which is a slice of life drama about being an adult Tokusatsu fan. And after this episode, uh, I saw fit to invite Steph to join our crew. So she is now the third main cast member of Cabin Ride with me. And what that means is there's A, uh, you'll see a lot more of her. And B, we now have a new kind of roll call or rotation. So you have uh, me, Kip, as your old fan, James Baker as your new fan, and Steph as your new newcomer. And... Shin. Hello, you sing to come right me. I'm Chris Kip, and today I have a very special guest, Steph. Hi, how are you, Steph? Good. How are you today, Kip? Ah, oh, pretty good. You know, good. it's a weekend. It's nice. How oh, we don't um we don't normally record during the day, so it's kind of nice to like not be getting home from like work and like being tired and groggy when I'm recording. It's a little nice. Yeah, not keeping those mushroom hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people um? find you when you're not like um like uh guessing on this show stuff <laughs> i actually am also a guest on another podcast it's in uh dungeons and dragons actual play podcast it um is entirely homebrew the um uh dungeon master joseph it made up a completely original story so it's not like something that's out of the regular books that you would hear um and i play a drunken monk named karis milton um still hoping not to get sued after that and the name of it is bulldogs and dragons milestone academy and it's anywhere where you listen to podcasts and that's the second season of that particular show right right his first show they were actually doing all together while he was on campus and then covid hit so he couldn't get his group oh. back together so he um put the uh bunch of us motley crew together and now we're all recording that's cool though because like it's weird because like for that kind of thing um for me at least i've mostly played like a lot of rpgs like online versus in person and like i'm sure like a lot of like actual play stuff is like played that way too so it's like kind of like an interesting like transition to make honestly yeah, and you know what? I will be honest. I don't have the world's most D and D experience because I only even discovered um, an appreciation for it about two years ago. But I've only ever played online because I don't really have anybody in my sphere that's interested in tabletop. So um, the idea to me now, like even if we weren't in the middle of a pandemic, of going to sit at a table and roll dice, that would be weird to me because that's not how I started out. So I imagine it would be very much the same for somebody going the opposite direction. Yeah, that like also feels like so limited because like um, I'm sure to a certain extent, like and probably like a very different extent, uh, we both have like um had the time where like we've gone to like a like comic shopper place and there's been like somebody who's like been kind of weird or like i don't want to hang out with you like it's not because like we both like this but yeah yeah no and as a matter of fact the first time my daughter played a game one of my friends dm'd for us on roll 20 
But I, you know, I thought it was really cool that she was going to get into it. So I took her to a comic shop and she'd never been to one. And she thought it was really cool, but she got weirded out by the people that were there and was like, is there a way just to stay away from them? And I was like, well, yeah, just don't talk to them. <laughs> it's fine. And like, it's hard because like um, for online, it's much more like, oh, like I can just like meet like minded people. and I don't have to worry about like um I've definitely had like the RPG group like even online. I'm sure like it must be more awkward in person where like somebody's done something kind of heinous and you're like, oh, right. I don't right. want to be around you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't even at, like, I think it was just like the section that this dude was in that she happened to see. It, it, it was some of the more like graphic comic books. And I think that that right away was like kind of off putting for her. I don't think that it was anything anybody said or did, but she was just like, okay, that's kind of weird. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's, I, I've definitely had a couple of groups that, you know, I had to quit after the first session because somebody was just like, uh, I don't think you and I are going to get along. This, this isn't the way I play. So, <laughs> yeah, play style. And also just like, um, for example, like, how do you like vet a little bit and be like, okay, I want to make sure this is a group that's, uh, no Nazis, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, actually, the person that I play with the most often, um, we don't record, but, you know, she's my DM for almost every game. The rule that she makes is, like, she puts it right there in the Discord. Like, we are, you know, identity, queer, regardless of mm-hmm. race, culture, anything. And, you know, if that's something you're going to have an issue with, get out right now. Like, she just puts the rule down before anybody has a chance to act up. Yeah, no, that's like a real issue. I feel like where it's just like, um, hey, I like don't know why people feel so comfortable in this space. Just like be like very like racist or like sexist or like homophobic or transphobic. It's like I just it's it's hard sometimes like just to say like, hey, don't talk to me. Just don't talk to me. Exactly. <laughs> like, like I don't be, yeah. No, yeah. And um, that's why it's like good that. There's so many people online. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Wizard Vet versus like who lives within like a tri county area. Exactly. Because I would feel like if you're sitting down at a table with people at a comic book store, like, and you commit to a game, even if there's only one terrible person out of the whole group, you kind of look like the jerk if you break the group up, even if the other guy's the one that's, you know, being problematic. And. I don't know. Yeah, I think in that respect, I definitely prefer to play online just because if nothing else, I've always just got the block button if I need to use it. Yeah, there's no like, oh, like you're ruining our fun by (laughs) not liking this. Yeah. No, yeah. And like, I'm sure um, (laughs) we probably had some different experiences there, like also like some common ones. Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) But no. um, So quick question for you. Uh, This is a a show about Tokusatsu. What's your, what's your history with it? I honestly have never had a lot of exposure to anything like, um, you know, Japanese culture or like K-pop or anything like that. I've read a lot about it. Um, and I think it was in junior high. I like watched the whole Sailor Moon series and I really enjoyed that. But I just never really experienced anything after that. So this is the first thing like even remotely related I've watched in 20 years or so so it, it was really neat to have that experience yeah that's like a lot of our guests honestly because like a lot of them are like i haven't watched like a godzilla movie or like i've just seen power just for like a long time so it's just like uh, it's like always interesting like what what people's like point of reference are Oh, yeah. And I did actually see a lot of um, parallels with Power Rangers. Like as soon as it opened up the very first opening scene, I was like, 
Okay, this is something I can relate to because my brother and I used to watch that after school, you know, in middle and elementary school. So I was like, okay, I get this. I, I can follow this a little bit. So It's definitely weird to see the way that, like, enjoying things has changed over the past several years as well. Because I feel like even just, like, five, ten years ago, like, the way people talk about stuff like anime or comics has changed, like, drastically. It's really strange. Yeah, it is. It's and I think that things are a lot more accepted in that respect than they used to be. Because or at least when I was in high school, like the kids that all they would watch was like anime and stuff. Those were the kids that, you know, people always had something to say about. And I think it at least to me it seems like now there's maybe it's because the world is more like internet focused, but it seems like it's more of like a oh, okay, well whatever you like type thing than it used to be. Uh yeah, and I think um so this week uh, we watched, um, I never get this title right, but uh, Tokusatsu Gagaga. Ga. <laughs> it's a mouthful. Um, yeah, and um, we'll get to that later, but like, it definitely seems like a show about being a fan of something like anime that would have come out like 10 years ago here versus like last year, like in Japan. Like, it just feels like very much like, oh, like, here's an expose into the life versus like, yeah, of course you've seen like some anime. Like, who doesn't know like Dragon Ball or like Sailor Moon? Right, or right, exactly. I guess like, what was your um reaction to just like the way things were filmed? Like, there's lots of stuff in the show where I was like, oh, this is like a very fun way they're kind of like lampooning something that like I know as a fan versus like. Yeah, and I was at first I I because it calls itself a drama. I think that I wasn't expecting like the um, camp level. <laughs> but Very the high. fact that it was there made it so much fun for me to watch, especially as someone who doesn't have a lot of experience with this type of TV show. So like it, it was really engaging in a way that not a lot of TV shows are. And I appreciated the fact that even with its dramatic aspects, it didn't take itself too seriously. Like it was just fun to watch. Yeah. And like, I'm not a big fan of like drama. So I was just like, Oh, like they were certainly some like parts of the form where like, I definitely at like first blush was like, ah, but like then like came around to. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I felt the same way, especially, you know, going through it. And at first it didn't really. I was like, why is it even calling itself a drama? But it kind of like builds slowly. Yeah. And you once you get to that point, you're like, OK, well, this was really the only conclusion that would have made sense, you know, even with like the funnier parts mixed into it. So something else that like I'm like very like interested in is um like, is there anything that um you've been looking at like in the past like week or so that like you would like uh recommend people or like that like is like or just like something that like you like really like is like a like favorite like um oh <laughs> i i have to be honest ever since it came out i've spent almost all of my time playing the new assassin's creed game so i really don't have a whole lot of interesting other recommendations right now um I, that's for a majority of my time yes have you gotten like a next gen console or no? Uh, no, I've got the um, PS4 and the Xbox One, but I've been playing actually on my computer for this one. And let me tell you, I'm really pushing its capacity with the graphics, but it was worth it. <laughs> I barely managed to get like a PS5, so I'm like very excited. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't touched like Assassin's Creed since like the one before three, though. So it's been a long time. <laughs> Yeah, I think I had tried to play, I don't know, it might have been the third one also, I don't remember because it was so long ago, and 
I so I wasn't interested in it because I was like, oh, this isn't that great. And then um, my friends kept pressuring me to play Odyssey because they were like, no, you don't understand. It's like a complete change from anything you've played before, especially with the Assassin's Creed games. So I finally broke down and bought it when it was on sale and I just absolutely fell in love with it. And then so when I saw that Valhalla was going to follow um, kind of the same gameplay style, I was like, okay, well, I have to get that. And I wasn't going to at first, but then I ended up, you know, breaking down and getting it the day it released. So that's how much, you know, willpower I have right there. It's so daunting, though. Like, there's like so much on the map. There's so much to do. I'm just like, ah, yeah, yeah, I could definitely see where it would be overwhelming. And you're not the only person that I've talked to that has said that. So, yeah, I completely get it. I have to remind myself to take it slow all the time. That's definitely like a marathon, not sprint game. And I have to constantly, like, keep myself from trying to jump ahead. Yeah, like I'm at the point where like um I like mostly buy games like I can play in like a very like normal chunk. It's like, oh, like I can spend like three nights a week for two weeks in this game and like maybe get, like 10 hours out of it versus like 70 hour games. Right. Yeah, I could see that. I'm very excited, though. I have like bought like Miles Morales and then like Demon's Soul. So I'm going to next week have like a PS5. That's going to be just I've never had like a this close to launch console. So I'm just kind of like, ah. I'm an adult. That's so cool. It. You're going to have to tell me how you like it because I've heard um, some people are just think it's the best thing in the world. And other people are like, oh, man, I wish I'd waited till Black Friday or whatever. <laughs> I don't think there's going to be that many deals because their stock is so bad. Like, I'm not sure if like you've seen how bad people have been having like a time of trying to get stuff. But no, I haven't, honestly. And I, I've seen like a couple of memes about it and stuff like that, like people who uh, were buying them out and then trying to resell them. But they, they did the exact same thing with the um, Nintendo Switches. I ended up paying way too much for mine. So I, I've kind of just gotten used to feeling like that's what people do. They're kind of jerks that way. Yeah, my normal co-host, um, James Baker, I think he hasn't gotten one yet and was like trying to on like Target and Walmart and like Amazon. And like it was the kind of thing where like, I guess it's September, like a bunch of like weird scalper bots just got like 98% of the stock like within like five seconds. Yeah, I'm not surprised. It seems like there's just no way to stop that from happening, which is really disheartening when you're thinking about, you know, trying to get something. Yeah, the main thing I've heard is that like due to accessibility concerns, things like Captcha have options that can now be like be broken by bots. So it's kind of like there must be some way to like do something that requires like a human input, like without like leaving people who need those options behind. It's just like it can't be that impossible, you know? Yeah. Get on that anonymous. We need your help here. Oh yeah. Uh, and just, <laughs> uh, no, but like I was on like the launch day on like Thursday, just like on like multiple websites. And then like, I just managed to find like, there was one, um, like one website that only worked if you had like a Sony account and like waited in like a queue for two hours. So like I, that's I was insane. in like a queue, yeah, for two hours on one day, and they were sold out by the time I was like through the queue. But it it like saved my cookies, so the next day I didn't have to wait in the queue, so I could just like buy one <laughs> when they came up. Oh, very cool. See, that might be something you can suggest to people when that kind of thing happens. Well, now that I've got mine, um, I really just want to pull the ladder up behind me personally. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me. You know what? I don't blame you because you might be giving those uh, scalper people the idea if you share that information. So, no, I hope that people could get things that they want. It's like a, it's like so weird though. It's like we're in the middle of a like massive global pandemic, and it's just like 
there's all these people that like can't afford it right now but also there's like the people that are like i'm actually saving money on daycare and stuff and like not commuting and not buying lunch where they're like this is actually like a all right thing or like it feels okay because i'm spending so much time at home or like not going out we could invest this money here mm-hmm. so it's like a hard thing to know like it's kind of an unnecessary luxury but also like people need that we've been stressed out this year exactly well and honestly that was my justification for playing paying way too much for my switch was the fact that i was like you know what i have been stuck at home i'm not spending the money on my commute i'm not you know uh, buying lunch while i'm at work there's just a lot of ways where i was saving money all around so i was like you know what i deserve this and i deserve to play way too much animal crossing for a few months this is my treat to myself yeah you do it's just um there's sometimes we're like yes have your focus but also there's sometimes we're just like okay there's no ethical consumption but i i need to consume something i need to like do something i need to go out there go i don't feel like adulting right now i feel like being a kid and playing video games for way too many hours yeah i've been like washing dishes and like donating money to like campaigns for like four weeks like let me have this like exactly (laughs) and yeah just it's just been a man um I feel like October, November just kind of flew by because of like everything going on. So it like kind of feels like a little bit like <laughs> and like in general, I'm like, should I take a breath or should I like pledge up a bit more about like the like attempted coup going on in America? Like I'm not sure. But yeah, I feel the same way. I, and it's hard because there was so much stress surrounding it anyway. And I was like, OK, well, once everything's declared, Everybody can just relax. But no, of course we can't. You know, it's just, it feels like 2020 is just the never ending year. So, yeah, yeah I completely understand. It sucks, but like, uh, it sucks when like things are, are like active enough that it's not like notable news or like headline news or whatever, like that, like James Bond died, for example. It's just like, oh, like Sean Connery died. It wasn't there wasn't the processing power to like even like have that be like a like the event of a day you know i know and you worded that perfectly too because i remember having a very similar thought like you know between him and alex trebek i would usually be like oh my gosh that's so terrible you know we really lost something there but it feels like so many other things have happened this year that that's barely a blip like oh that sucks like and it's it you know, it's terrible to be that burned out, but it just feels like because there's been so much happening this year, like you just have to focus on whatever the biggest problem at the moment is. And, you know, reprioritizing that because there have been so many problems one after another is just difficult. Yeah. And that's why just like completely like leaving responsibility for a while and like playing something or like doing something is nice because like it's the only way you can recharge like, <laughs> like for like actually like being like, oh, there's more work to do. First, I need like two days to myself. Right, exactly. I get it. Yeah. No, and just uh, it's so weird, like to think about like uh, that balance though, and like it's um, interesting, like too, like that does like come up in like uh, in uh, Tokusatsu. I do not know how to pronounce it, so Gagaga or Gagaga probably <laughs> is the right one because it's you like don't really know how aggressive right? to be with it. It has. To be like a lion roaring kind of thing. It has to be like gaga. Yeah. That has to be it, right? Considering the subject, yeah, I'd think so. Okay. Then just like, then just say it like you're just like a like whiskey smoking, not a whiskey smoking. Uh, That'd be interesting. Lion. 
Gaga, yeah. <laughs> yeah, whiskey smoking lion. That's what, what you should do. There you <laughs> go. That's our new mascot, by the way. It's canon. Yeah. <laughs> whiskey smoking lion. Ah, uh, the vapors of oak barrels <laughs> swirl around his mane. Oh my gosh, that'd be such an interesting logo. <laughs> yeah. And hey, it's been taken by like some like Bitcoin startup, you know? More than likely, yeah. Small tangent, but I've been getting ads on like podcasts for this like hex thing that's like this weird like portfolio management Bitcoin thing. And it's like a every time I get the ad, I'm like so sure it's like a bit from like the show where I'm like, oh, are they like spoofing <laughs> ads? Like it just like pops up and it's like, hey, it's probably bad that you uh don't have wealth. How about you get some wealth here? It's extreme. It's like, okay. Yeah, I, stop. I, I I get it. I um watch a lot of YouTube videos on like investment strategies because I've started trying to learn how to you know do that in a really serious way, and oh. every single one of them <laughs> sorry has. For you. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> every single one of them, as one of the ads, has this like guy come up that you can tell has been like computer generated, and he, he starts out with. Um, I have to remain anonymous because these are the things the big investment companies don't want you to know or whatever however his spiel goes and every single time I'm like please stop you're going to give me nightmares like I cannot handle this right now I saw a goose go up to a polling location at seven ballots <laughs> in his mouth did that you know sounds exactly right yes <laughs> did you know that it's not insider trading if you're not married to the person Tell us. <laughs> uh, that's just what they want you to believe <laughs> If they don't tell you they're a cop, it's a trap bit. <laughs> they have to tell you if you ask them. They have to. And they have to tell you if you ask them. Or else it's tight of trading. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> With that. Where are we? What are we doing? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, let's uh, like cross over and um, talk about the thing. Tokusatsu Gaga. 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 So this week we looked at Tokusatsu Gaga. Ga Ga. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a. Uh, it's totally makes sense. Just it's not. It's Gaga. Ga Ga. It's three of them. Okay. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. Um, this is a show that I thought would be interesting to look at. Um, both as somebody who's like a big fan and like as like a show for somebody who like would be coming in as like a like guest because um. Normally, we have people look at stuff that is um is like normal toku. It's much more like their reaction to the form. This is much more of a reaction to like a reaction to the form. So it's interesting. And like I had heard about this, but like knew very little of it. So, uh, yeah, I- I'm not sure how it fits as like a it, like intro, but like I think like by the end, like I thought it was like a like strong intro. But uh, what are your thoughts on the show? Man, I honestly I just have never seen anything like it before, and. It- that's in no way a bad thing. Like the way that the characters interact with each other, the way they s- develop through the season, you know, and just the focus on the main character in the way that she kind of deals with this life transition from, you know, feeling like a kid to um, putting all the things that she's learned from her 
obsession, I guess, to work in her adult social skills is just such an interesting concept. Like, and honestly, I don't think Mm -hmm. that it's the type of show I would have picked out on my own, but I'm really glad I got the chance to watch it just because there's so much to it. Yeah. If not for the Tokusatsu, like, association, I probably wouldn't have watched this show. Like, I'm not much of, like, a drama person, but also my favorite Toku shows are the ones from the 90s that are more like dramas just they fight sometimes and they're like very like angsty so who am i but uh (laughs) yeah like i ended up really liking this show yeah for sure and you know it's just like i was telling you earlier like for it to be a drama i think i was just expecting it to be like a soap opera the entire time honestly but it it has so much more to it there's so much more complexity and so much more um ways to keep the viewer engaged i feel like it has like these words constantly drawing these aspects between uh the character as a child and how she's um you know relating to her family and her friends as an adult now and um the way that she can kind of pin everything back to these shows that she's just been in love with most of her life it's just i i can't keep or I can't really find another way to describe it except just to keep calling it unique. It's it's just really great watch. Yeah, Nakamura is like a really great character. Um, at the start of the show, though, I definitely had a bad reaction to maybe like a good chunk of the first episode where I was like, is she like nerd respectability politics? Like the prettiest girl is also like this kind of thing. Is that what like is she justifying being a nerd by being like perfect, basically? Mm hmm. Yeah, no, I could see that. And it doesn't, I feel like it doesn't really make that clear at first. And that's, it doesn't, it's kind of enjoyable in that respect, because it makes you keep like questioning her and her motivation until you kind of see that a lot of her development is her inner monologue. Like, and it it illustrates that in a really cool way, I think. Yeah, and I think like, um, I'm not sure if you'd notice, but um, this show featured uh, a lot of gender uh <laughs> but um just like at first i was like is like because like even like the way the show kind of like for me like the um like the show summary was like a high re- a um highly desirable office lady and i was like okay is this show like it's okay to like something if you're like cool as like hell and like really hot mm-hmm. and like i think it like does definitely like evolve beyond that but um i definitely responded negatively to like the office lady office culture thing because it just kind of felt like a heteronormativity like feeder into like being sexually harassed and married off basically yeah and i think the the things that i kept questioning through the show was um you know is this something that they're doing to kind of um like the show's creators, are they doing this to say that these um, norms should be there? Like, are they trying to make a case for that? But then as it goes on and it shows her like in her small ways, rebelling against the culture, her mom's tried to always fit her into. It seems like in its way, it's trying to push back against that. Just not as strongly as it would maybe like with an American show or like as aggressively, I guess. Yeah. There's some things where like, like it was like, am I seeing a different culture or am I seeing the same culture in the past? And the truth is yes. Uh, Cause that's just like the way that culture works. Like all culture that has like been influenced by like Western culture, like it does have like these issues of like, how do you like, how do they handle like feminism and like 
how they handle like workplace and like life battles and stuff like that. So it's definitely like someplace where I was like, this office lady thing looks very like fifties. Like it like made me think of like Mad Men, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. But I also I appreciated like how subtle it was, like that that mm-hmm. pushback I was talking about earlier, because she never just comes out and overtly says, "I can't." I should be able to have these interests, like, regardless. They frame it in the um, uh, frame of, I'm not weird. You know, there's nothing wrong with me, you know, being able to, you know, enjoy these things, whether, you know, you think I'm too old or they're not feminine or this, that, or the other. She isn't fighting against femininity itself. She's more fighting against the idea that uh, hobbies have to be gender specific. And I think I appreciated that because it wasn't like really loud and in your face. It was, you know, kind of just the way that I think a lot of people handle those kind of issues. Yeah. And I think, too, that like um, both like within the show and I think like on a like on like a meta level, like the show itself is much more about like finding and pushing the boundaries more subtly, like finding the shape of like of what like being repressed and like in like certain ways, like oppressed is. And then mm-hmm. pushing back where it's like, oh, I could talk about liking hot dudes so I can lend my friend these like DVDs. And that's how I'll push. And like, that's also like in like a wider way, like this show is pushing liking Toku through like the way of like, let's have a like cool genre. And also it's like a very like as much as like I might have like like at first blush, but I'm like, oh, it's about like this like workplace drama for this like attractive lady, like in this like one hobby to like justify it's a very woman-led and like woman like important show like there's so many female relationships and so many levels like it's definitely like very interested in like hey like what's it like to be like a like woman who's navigating things and like to be Mm -hmm. a fan yeah definitely and uh, the office it, it it doesn't like as much star in the show i feel like because so much yeah. of it is um you know her having these relationships with her friends outside of the office also Mm -hmm. and sometimes they bump into each other but it doesn't make like the office the entire focal point which i also appreciate because i just i love the cinematography in this also i love seeing you know another country in the background and you know just noting differences um but i appreciated that the male characters even as like the superheroes kind of almost play background parts I would say that probably the biggest male character is the little kid Damien. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And like, it's just um, one thing too, is that after that first episode, they left the office and like, I was like, Oh, like at first I was like, is this like um, one dude in the glasses? Like uh, the fact that like um, his name's like, Oh, nada. Like it's the fact that he's pining after her, like going to be like a central thing. And like in the end, she gets of him and it, and that doesn't happen. And that's mm-hmm. something where I was like, that's good. Like, and once it becomes like about like, let's go around and like, just like enjoy each other's company and enjoy enjoying things and enjoy not having to like hold things back. That's when the show just becomes like really like it becomes really like affecting and like joyous too. And they're just like at the beach and like trying to like have like a like whole like photo shoot and stuff. And they're like massively digging these holes. Like it's great. Right. Yeah. And I enjoyed that, too, because as soon as I like I, you just said, when I saw that guy pining after her, the first my first thought was 
as someone yeah. who watched the American Office series, I was like, not another Jim and Pam. I cannot do this again. Like, I already did this for nine years. I I, I cannot. <laughs> but then when it, it, the show never made that the focus of everything going on, I was like, okay, I can stick with this now. <laughs> like, he is sometimes shown as, like, pratfalling, basically, that she might like somebody else. But that's the extent of their relationship besides, like, being friends like they're friends and he pratfalls and she's not even really like aware that like he's finding after her at all because she's like in her own world right and i think one of my favorite parts um where it was kind of illustrating that dynamic between them was them being in the subway and him thinking that he had sexually harassed her and she didn't even notice like her mind was like focused on the other person in the subway she didn't even notice like he was humiliated and you know just beating himself up over something she didn't even realize happened so yeah um i honestly um that whole like subway bit like it definitely the whole like how do you signal who you are and like stop being repressed and like express who you are and enjoy and and like it definitely gave like i'm not sure how intended but sexual tension between like her and like yoshida me i was like is this like meant to have tension or am i just reading this because this is like a coming out story you know oh my god i thought it the same way i honestly (laughs) did and i was like okay so this is why everybody gets mad at me for putting the gay lens on everything just because i'm gay doesn't mean everybody's gay well okay so i'm glad somebody else saw it too because i honestly thought like okay she's paying way more attention to that girl than she is this guy that's like following her like a puppy dog what is going on here like she's hyper fixated on this like older woman on a train that's that's called gay really weird bump in their relationship when she finds out the girl has a boyfriend and mm-hmm. they try to play it off as something else but i was like oh wait <laughs> I, I don't know about yeah. this <laughs> and like a lot of their scenes like I, I was thinking of um that movie uh uh what's it called um rachel wise disobedience like the like three or four years ago uh, like it was like rachel wise and rachel adams were like two women in like a like um like very traditional like new york like jewish like community that like had a relationship how they had to like keep it a secret and i was like this is very similar just the way they're being framed and everything but yeah yeah okay well like i said i'm glad it wasn't just me because i was like am i am i just wishing that this is the direction this was going but no okay good <laughs> and later on with um kidoshiro and um miyabi too where like they're at the concert together and she's like this like happy younger girl who's like so happy to like hang out with her and stuff I'm like this also has tension to it like <laughs> <laughs> definitely yeah and like, i think um something that like i hear um i'm quoting a quote so i feel like i don't know who to properly like attribute here but um like i hear it from like austin walker um who runs actually uh to speak of like actual play like friends at the table which is like a great show but um so (laughs) he always says uh i'm not related i'm not sure why like i fucked that but uh no um, (laughs) (laughs) it's one of my favorites but no um like um what he also says is that like with representation like it's all about turning like crumbs into feasts and like i think like that's definitely like a thing for like years of like stuff like queer content like in media so like it's just the kind of thing where i think the lens probably isn't going to go away of like this tension and like this obsession like there's episodes about like this obsession between these like two women meeting like basically Mm -hmm. 
that it's going to have that tension. Like, even if it's not intended, I think it's there. Like, it's a pretty, like, clear ship. Like, if you're making, like, ships off this show, they're probably, like, going to be, like, two, like, uh, two or three, like, female and, like, female ones, honestly. Yeah, I mean, and it, it not to, um, you know, to try and put a, a spin on the show that's not intended, but it's a show that mostly focuses on the women. So there really isn't a lot of way around that. I feel like, like they didn't have any characters come in that were really trying to sweep any of them off their feet in any major way. And they all seem kind of content to be single and hang out together. So I, I could definitely see where that would be something that, you know, maybe if they live a couple more seasons might come out. Yeah, they're just like pals being gals or whatever that saying is. <laughs> and also, um, there's this like really charming um like shop owner, um, Nikio. Um, and um he also has like a moment where like they're doing karaoke and during his favorite song, this like person comes in with like drinks, and then like they're very embarrassed because it's like a very like girly song. But then the person starts singing along too, and they have this like small side that's like and that's when they became like this cute anime like drinking buddies. I was like, also like, oh, I like immediately <laughs> shipped that as well, <laughs> based off just nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love the karaoke scenes though. They were at first. I was like, oh god, they're gonna do karaoke. This is gonna look so awkward on screen. But it didn't. Like they they did those so well, and they were so fun. Like I was really surprised. Yeah, and like I love the way that like it like evolves from like here's me trying to like leverage nostalgia to like fit in and have like a fun moment with my coworkers. So like, here's me like with some friends who maybe don't get it. Cause they're it's like, what they like is like a different kind of thing, but they're mm-hmm. still going to sing their parts. And it's like color coded sheet together. I love that. Yeah, I, I do too. It's really, it's just, it's so sweet the way that the whole kind of arc with all the friendships and all the relationships develops over the course of the season. And for a a show that was only, you know, seven, however many episodes long, it was to me short. Anyway, I was just like, wow, they got a lot accomplished in that amount of time. Like story wise, it felt like. And like at the start, like there were some episodes that kind of felt like they were two episodes in one, like they were finished around 23 minutes in and then they had another like 23 minutes for another plot. But mm-hmm. like they even like made those like weave in a bit better as they went. Yeah, definitely. So what do you think about like the um like bits in the show that were actually like about like the toku? Like when you're seeing like the like um like Sentai show, um um like Sentai is like the genre of stuff like Super Sentai and like the show based off of it, Power Rangers and like other shows that are like teams of heroes and like giant robots kind of stuff. I feel like that made for a really um, interesting way for them to portray like how she um, comes to terms with adulthood because there were so many ways that like something would happen and she wasn't sure how to respond in the situation. And of course it would have her like daydream that her, her superhero popped up and told her what to do and she would translate that so well um into like the kind of thing or lesson an adult would say and i just thought that was a really cool way to do that like instead of making it like she was just some you know ditzy or batty person that couldn't get out of her own head it was more like okay well this is what i learned from you know watching this this entire time and this is how i'm going to translate that now so the just having that kind of 
not cartoonish, but um, playful aspect to it. I thought was really cool to watch. And also like, um, so like something that like um, other people like might not care about, but like for me is like a like running joke is how like a lot of media it's like, oh, like they're in English class, like learning about like the metamorphosis while somebody's going through like a change. And like, that's how they like connect the plot to like what's going on in the world around them kind of thing. Right. <laughs> and here it much more felt like, let's just, if we're making a fake toku, let's make a fake toku about what's going on right now. And exactly. like, it felt like very diegetic and fun. Yeah, definitely. Because I, I always like the metaphor you just described with uh, metamorphosis and somebody going through a change that feels almost heavy handed. <laughs> if you're familiar with metamorphosis, like it's yeah. very in your face. But with this, it just seemed much more, I think, relatable. I mean, not that I can say I've ever daydreamed that a superhero told me how to handle a situation, but there was just something very sweet about it that was um, kept it from being cheesy, I thought. Yeah, like it was just like so on the face that it worked. And like, like, honestly, this probably now like wants to do that with like lesser known stories, like have like a like, oh, um, we just learned in class about like um, the stranger. So we're going to go on a beach and accidentally kill someone or something like that. Like, that kind of thing. like I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, man, should have done that in October. That was definitely like a, a, a like free throw there. Like I wasn't sure. Will she know the stranger? <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, just <laughs> uh, I really um, I was of a lot of minds. The biggest thing for the show, I think, was um, as I get older, I get more emotional about things. And like there's just part of me that was like, oh, I'm like really enjoy or like I'm really anxious right now or like I'm like very like sad right now. And I think this show definitely like because it was so in her head was very good at making me feel that in a way that like like not a lot of shows do. I was just like, oh, wow. I really like all the stuff of her mother was just so heartbreaking for me and so much where I was just like, oh, I yeah, like I hated like her mom for a lot of the show, honestly. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I think that that's because even with as old as I am now, I still remember feeling that way. Like, I, I've gotten to a point in my life now where if my mom like came up to me and said, I'm disappointed in you, I'd be like, well, which one of my bills are you paying? Like, honestly, but <laughs> I do no, remember yeah. feeling that way, like it, where what my parents thought of me was, you know, world ending. So I, that definitely hit me right in the feelings. Or just like um, the fact that like s that somebody could claim to care about you but do something like oh these hidden magazines you have i'm gonna like burn them kind of thing like that was like very much like in keeping with like like my parents growing up I was like oh like um i was always worried like is something gonna happen to my things and like the grossest part of the whole thing like when she entered um her apartment without telling her like uh -huh. i was like yeah like i was stressed out when she got the key because i just would have been like you could say no <laughs> like, yeah and you should or just say you didn't bring it like anything <laughs> Yeah, but that whole situation with like the I went into your like um I went to your apartment without asking you, without you knowing when you weren't there and I took something and I'm gonna destroy it in front of you. Just I was just like, Oh wow, I'm I was very upset then. I was like, I really didn't want there to be forgiveness in that moment or like an accord and yeah, I didn't either. And I was actually really happy with how the situation played out after that, because I, I was feeling the exact same way. I was like, you know, it's not like her mom pays for her apartment. 
She doesn't take care of any bills, like, to just go in and destroy her property just for no reason to think that she was proving a point. That was just, it was very hard to watch. Yeah, because, like, it kind of sounds like we're both on, like, the same page of, like, parrot stuff. But, uh, yeah, just, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, uh, if it's not enough that you care about something, that's not your fault. And I'm glad that, like, the episode wasn't about, like, her making up. Like, even from her brother, it was, like... Oh yeah, like, I can't help you, but also like I'm not mad at you for what happened. Like I understand what happened. Like nobody's like shaming her really about it. Yeah, and I definitely appreciated that also because I feel like that's something that a lot of shows do that infuriates me is you've always got like that one friend or that one you know cousin or something that's like, well, they're your family. You have to forgive them or whatever. And it's, sometimes you're just like, no, I don't. You know, I'm not the one who was in the wrong. So yeah. I, I liked that it didn't, like, try to push that theme. And like, I really thought they would, like, after she smacked, like, her mom back. But even then, I was like, no, it's it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> afraid of that, too. Yeah. Especially after that scene in the mall where she at first was, you know, so good at standing up for herself. She was not going to get that outfit. And then all of a sudden, her mom starts crying and she walks out with the outfit. I was like, Ugh, here we go again. Yeah. And just, um, I really... um just <laughs> i know culturally like i'm supposed to like uh show up tearfully at somebody's deathbed and, and like apologize for like the past like 30 years at some point in like 15 20 years but i'm not gonna fuck that uh, <laughs> like you're you know, on the same wavelengths <laughs> yeah um, no uh it, like if you didn't care when i was having like trouble like paying rent or when like i needed a place to like stay over the summer i don't care now it's fine but exactly but yeah, it's just like, uh, no yeah it's just like like it was just nice it was like especially considering like how like the show like very obviously comes from a culture that um is more conservative like in some ways but like certain aspects of things like it, it definitely felt like this show was like as it unfolded was getting away from that and saying okay yes we're presenting things at like like as like this office drama like about like this like very like how talking the person being embarrassed but more and more she got less and less embarrassed about like her feelings and also the show got less and less embarrassed but it was like oh this is just somebody that likes something and is trying to enjoy it like it stops like it started by apologizing for itself and by the end it was very unapologetic and i was like very happy about that yeah, definitely. And, you know, with you bringing that up, uh, one of the things that I noticed was kind of like the running theme about the show was the fact that it did not give in to any cliches. And it very easily could have. Like uh, we were talking about earlier with that, the guy in the office pining after her and, mm -hmm. you know, the um, her wanting to please her mom at first and then really breaking away from that. And, you know, just the way that everything kind of came together without falling into a lot of the things that typical like TV shows, especially dramatic ones do. It was that made it a lot nicer to watch. I feel like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and like there were like um, one cliche that I do like that they used is um, in like a lot of like Japanese like drama, they like um, have a, a character imagine something, but they just imagine their friend in cosplay. And there's this moment where she's imagining like, um, to add to the like to add like to like the like lesbian feelings like she imagines Yoshida in like a dominatrix outfit like 
Right. Pretending a bear is being like catching fish as they're trying to reel one of her friends into their group. We're just like this. You, you know how this looks, right? Like this is, <laughs> this is very like, clearly. You're looking at the producers like you're doing this on purpose at this point, right? Like yeah, we're like, we're past pretense. <laughs> it's, it's like um like what's that like on um, like um quote from like drill? It's like how am I turning this like crank that says like racism, but it said it was just like with like lesbianism. It was just like. <laughs> And like gay, it was like kept going. Pretty much, like you can only push it so far before you just have to have them come right out and say it. <laughs> I think honestly, um, with the death of the author, they totally like they introduced like a like a like boyfriend later for like Yoshida and like the copier guy for like Nakamura, but also like even that, I'm like, that's eh, okay. You could like still have true love with each other. It's yeah. Fine. Uh, it's sometimes you have to have a beard and that's what they were <laughs> hey a big group of five people working together that's sentai and that's also poly so maybe there's like a nice poly toku group yeah there you go as long as everybody's communicative and understanding and they can make it work i believe in it and they have to be because like it's all about working together to stop the salmon monster or whatever they have to fight that week <laughs> see that's it we solved the show right there though honestly like a lot of like sentai shows are things like oh we're all siblings and we found out that like our parents were magical so now we gotta like go fight like demons i would love <laughs> it if like one year there was like yeah we're all dating and now we have powers oh no <laughs> i <would> love that <laughs> be but they that. only have the powers as long as they keep dating so yeah or even just stuff like oh i'm like <laughs> can only form like a giant robot when there's all five of us here <laughs> and nobody's mad at each other <laughs> that would actually like that's basically what people pretend voltron's about so like you could do that for real but like that was like a live action show that would be that would work that would be <laughs> pretty intense yeah, <laughs> yeah. you oh. should copyright that before somebody steals it I, I don't know if i can copyright what if a robot but dating <laughs> <laughs> what if a robot was in a polycule <laughs> well that's what you could do too like in some of these like the robot said yet so what if it's like oh like me my robot and my four boyfriends there you go new hit show <laughs> that's it nbc's latest comedy uh-huh. <laughs> and then like the prequel to that like a young robot <laughs> or whatever <laughs> I saw a trailer for Young Sheldon, like, or like a commercial, not a trailer, but like, <laughs> and I was just like, what is this about? I cannot parse this. This just seems like a fake, a fake commercial made like, like SNL or something. But I don't yeah. know. Yeah, definitely. I don't think, I think we tried to watch maybe the first five minutes of it and I was like, I can't, I'm sorry, this is too much for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's lots of stuff where I'm like, is this real or is this just like, enough people pretend is this like does the emperor have clothes here or is this like a like fake show they're just making up because i've heard like young sheldon is the hottest show but i've never heard anybody talk about it or anything like at least with big bang theory i saw people like react to it and i was like oh something must have happened because there's this headline you know right <laughs> is, yeah yeah but no <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of um young sheldon there's part of me watching the show that was like Man, I wish we lived in a society where like you could just like talk to a kid without it being weird. Like Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That relationship was very like 
at first it was strange. I was like, you can just talk to a kid like and the, and like <laughs> you won't get arrested or like they won't feel bad or like the kid also like is walking to school on his own in like a crowded city. So it's just like uh, have it like hasn't had like that like weird like um, <laughs> one time there was this billboard that was like um, it was selling like a home security system. Mm-hmm. like it might have been like breaks or something but like it was like um going to work and then underneath it said so are the burglars <laughs> oh my and that's kind of where we're at in like america for example for like how we trust the world around us honestly yeah definitely and i i've i kind of saw that dynamic a couple of times during the show it wasn't just with her um how often she speaks to damien or like goes and does things with him but like the uh, the little girl in the uh, lunch shop where she gives her the toy because she feels bad for her. Um, it, I just I remember thinking, like, how different of a world is that that you can just walk up to a kid and start talking to him like with their parents standing there and have them not flip out on you. <laughs> yeah, like um, I don't remember the last person, the, the last the last time that I was like first point of contact with like a child, you know? Mm-hmm. like it's either like oh um they're like this other kid that like i know is like friend and i'm like oh hey guys what are you playing or it's like i know their parents so i'm saying oh hey what's up fuck i've never been like since i've like been like maybe like an early teen like oh hey what's up i love uh trains let's talk about them yeah. <laughs> what's your favorite dinosaur <laughs> oh dinosaur train i've never heard of that but let's go let's talk about that yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely the dinosaur trade, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, just um, I really like the show. Like overall, like I think just it definitely like maybe like tear up a little bit. Like there was like a lot of just like warmth and joy, and like after it got past like pastiche and like was expanding on, it, I was like, this is just like a show about like a bunch of like women that are like supporting each other and like doing things they like and like finding the space for it. Mhm. Yeah, I was the same way and I liked that it was not one dimensional and I feel like it very easily could have sailed into that territory, but it didn't and there was a lot of humor to break up the drama. There was a lot of um I thought visually appealing aspects of it too. You know, not just kind of the camp from you know the the shows and her imagination popping up, but just they used a lot of interesting scenery and they didn't mm-hmm. make everything kind of feel like it was all forced into one space. So I, I just, I thought it was really a lot of fun to watch the whole way around. Yeah. My worry was like before watching the show that like, it would be about like her trying to date somebody and like hide like her stuff at her house or whatever the whole time. And I was so glad it wasn't that. Yeah, definitely. Um, And um, one thing though, the most affecting scene for me and honestly, like, no matter what happens in like really any media, I'm a total like uh, to steal like a wrestling term like mark for it. But um, the scene where she's like watching the end to like to to the show like the show like it's called like a bird Jason as like a kid like as like a teen and as an adult and like crying each time. I was like, oh, like that. just <laughs> Whenever that happens in any media, but like even in like one that in one that like I like like Toku. Like, Mm -hmm. one, like, it was, like, a scene that, like, made sense. Like, oh, yeah, totally. Like, some kids would be, like, with this hero as, like, he's dying at the end of the show and, like, that kind of thing. But just, like, I was like, oh, wow, this is so affecting. And that always happens with that kind of scene for me. (laughs) Oh, yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, I felt the same way. I mean, there were a couple of episodes or scenes, I guess, where I really felt like I was way more invested in it than I intended to be. But yeah, I'm with you. That was very, very emotional. <laughs> there was one show from like 10 years ago where I was like watching it and like, um, in like the, um, like fifth to last episode, there's this like scene where this person's like, um, dad in like 1986, like gets part of like, like it's like the arm of his armor blown off. And then like in 2010, this person like, um, hit off this cliff and like, can't reach anything but like what they reach is like the like remains in the ground of of like that hand from the father that they never met and, and like that's how they like stop from falling and like that kind of stuff just ah like it's me every time but <laughs> oh my goodness yeah I, I i'm not sure what show that is but i feel like i probably never need to watch it or i will have a complete hysterical breakdown because that's way too much <laughs> yeah it's where they get you sometimes we're just like okay cool final battle gonna do some punches and oh no i'm I'm sad now. I'm, like happy now. <laughs> I'm not sure what this feeling is. Right. <laughs> but yeah. So um, overall, would you recommend this show to other people? Like either as like a hey, like show on its own or like a starting point for like Toku? Oh, yeah. Most definitely. A hundred percent. I mean, even if you watch this show and maybe think to yourself, uh, Toku might not be for me. You don't have to have a frame of reference for it because I sure didn't while I'm coming in. So I think that even if you watch it just for how great of a story it is and how fun the relationships are between everybody involved, it is 100% something I would recommend. Yeah. And like, um, for me as like a person who does like a show on Toku like every week for this is episode 57. So there's that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely the kind of thing where like, Hey, a lot of stuff that we like is, uh, isn't for adults like who watches marvel or like dc or like star wars movies like i know i do uh right. and like also like uh just have fun with things and like i think um what whether or not you like something which is like what the show is all about like 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 what you like like it's okay if like you watch something and like don't like it but uh it's been a wild year like in the show honestly because their stuff is like coming out on like YouTube and on like on like streaming service and it's like more available. So it's just like, hey, like if you like see it, like give it a try. No, just in general, you might not like it. That's like you 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 like try something out. It's like a very different like genre as well. But yeah, uh, this is a like cool intro point though. If you like do like dramas or just like want to see like a very heartfelt story in like seven episodes, it's very like short and very like yeah. compact. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. And I I feel like this show also has a lot of a lot of entertainment that it can offer you almost no matter what genre you like. Like, you know, there's a little bit of comedy, there's a little bit of campiness, there's a little bit of drama. There's I mean, not like horror or anything like that. So you're probably not going to get scared out of your seat if that's the kind of thing you like. But it, it really does have a lot to offer just about anybody who's, you know, just interested in a nice story, I feel. I mean, it definitely at points made me feel more tense than any horror <laughs> I've watched recently. Oh, uh, yeah. I've said it, but the whole like scene of her being in her house or like her like having like her magazines burned out, she's like, oh wow, this is terrible. I know that feeling. Just uh Yeah. Yeah, okay, so I take it back. Even if you like horror, you're gonna like this. <laughs> <laughs> ten ten. Oh yeah. Oh um, <laughs> thanks so much for like um on the show um where do people find you in your work when you're uh, not talking about uh, uh, tokusatsu stuff 
I actually, <laughs> um, I got off of social media last year, so I'm kind of difficult to find. Um, yeah. So like if somebody has to say, hey, I noticed that you didn't like going to D&D live. Well, how about this? Um, what's your address? I'll come to your house and I'll bring D&D to you. Um, <laughs> email you that. Um, I will 100% give them a fake address. So yeah. that's that's how I would handle that situation. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't help but notice that uh, I'm on a cliff right now. just like holding on to some like roots. I'm not sure how that happened, but. Oh, just let house? go of the roots, man. That's all you got to do. Just let go of the roots. You'll be fine. You'll be right there. <laughs> Take a left on a let going those roots and falling down and like you'll be good. Yeah, you should be fine. I see no way this could go wrong for you. Yeah, it's a, oh, if, like, once you have, like, a broken leg, like, you've gone past it. And turned around. <laughs> yeah, you might want to climb back up and try again. Yeah, try again. <laughs> you can find me um, on Twitter.com at James Forge. You can find the podcast at ComradeRHB.com. You can um, find us at ComradeRHB on Twitter. And if you go to ComradeRHB.com slash episodes, that is a direct feed to all of our episodes, just in order. And, and um, to ComradeRHB.com dot com slash merch that is for our like more for our um merch page and right now um all masks and other ppe are completely uh not free but we take a, a like zero percentage so they're at cost and like anything that like you buy um after we reach our like hosting cost for the month which is not that high um that goes right to, to charity uh currently that is a trans lifeline but we're changing that up i think in december but uh for right now like till then that'll goes to um like trans lifeline so steph um what have we learned today um i think one thing we learned is don't go into my apartment and take my stuff or i will slap you back um so that's definitely one lesson and a good thing we learned is be yourself it doesn't matter what you like as long as it's legal and consenting so either watch Tokusatsu Gaga ga, ga, and be yourself, or watch Tokusatsu Gaga ga, ga, and I will slap you. So, what do you think? Both. Let's say both. We don't have to have either or. I'll say be yourself, and you say slap you. How's that? Ugh. There you go. Yeah, definitely. Watch Tokusatsu. Watch Tokusatsu Gaga ga, ga, and be yourself. And I will say watch Tokusatsu Gaga ga, ga, and I will slap you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.